0: Tonight, hallelujah, our speaker tonight needs no introduction. Um, one of the leaders of our fellowship, a spiritual father to many um, of the pastors here tonight. And I of you guys, you love Pastor Campbell. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise as he comes to minister. Thank you. Thank you, very much. Praise the Lord. Amen. Wonderful to be with you. If you're warm now, you don't want to go to hell, that's for sure. Be a lot hotter there, so this is good incentive to stay out of hell. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I come from Arizona. This is cool, man. Shoot. Uh, just to welcome all of you again. Thank God for each of you that's taken time to be here. And uh, I want to minister uh, John 11, if you have your Bible with you. Thank you, Pastor, for the invitation. Uh, recently, I was visiting a cousin of mine. He's 83 years old and we're the last of a tier group of boys and cousins and etc and he was very sick uh, he refused to eat he lost around 50 pounds and the doctor had told his wife and son there's nothing more we can do for him i went to see him he couldn't speak He didn't recognize me. Somewhere, sometime, there will be someone sick in your house. It's inescapable. And when someone's sick, you desperately need resurrection. Not just Easter. This needs to be a part of your faith resurrection needs to be a part of your theology. I want to minister tonight as someone's sick in your house. John 11, very familiar, verse 1 through 3. Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. Wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Verse 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Father, we come tonight by the blood. We come by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray, God, revelation. Minister to the hearts and minds of these people. God, give them understanding of how to survive the different demonic strategies of hell. I pray tonight, God, minister, bind up the brokenhearted. Set at liberty those that are bruised. Open prison doors to those who are bound. Heal the sick. May your gospel forever be preached to the poor. In Jesus' name, I thank you for these people. Is someone sick in your house? Possibly there's no pain like pain in your house. This story is about a family in crisis. Sometimes it's unavoidable, it's inescapable. This family is in a crisis. This is true of every home here. Somewhere, crisis will knock at your door. Some crises are of such magnitude. They'll affect everyone in the house. There's these crises that challenge your faith. There's crises that will test your heart. They will weigh your commitment to God. There's crises. There's a lot of difference between knowing Jesus, quoting some verses about Jesus, telling Jesus' stories, even believing in Him, but now there's a crisis in your house. It's not down the street. It's not your neighbor. The crisis is at your address. Now does your faith seek Him when it's your personal pain? The struggle is at home. Again, it's not at church. It's We're praying for people at church. But it's not someone at church. It's not Russia and Ukraine. There's crisis there and we're concerned. Uh, but it's amazing. We pray with so much more passion when the crisis is in our house. It's amazing many times the intensity of our prayer life when the problem's personal. Now it's not just a social problem. It's not just a national problem. It's your child. It's your husband. It's your teenager. It's you. And now you're laying on the floor in the middle of the night, tears running down your face, crying out to God... Because it's personal. There's no escaping this one. You come home, it's there. You go to bed, it's there. You wake up, it's there. When trouble knocks at the door of your life, it gets our attention. Many times, nothing else will get our attention like this. Now it's someone in your family. It's a father. It's someone sick. It's your marriage now that's in trouble. It's your teenager. In our text, it says, Now a certain man was sick. Lazarus. Where do you go when there's trouble in your house? That's the question. Who do you turn to? How do you respond? I've seen people right here run back to old sin. I've seen people run to the world. Who do you call when the crisis is at your house? They're living in your life. You know their name. You have history with them. It doesn't matter how wealthy you are. doesn't matter how poor you are. You can have position and status or maybe nobody knows your name. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are. This family loved the Lord and yet now the crisis has knocked at the door of their house. Verse 5 of John 11. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus and had been in their home. In other words, he's fellowshiped with them. He knows their name. They've had conversations with him. You see, trouble is not prejudiced. doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a pastor's wife. It doesn't matter if you fast three times a week. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't matter your status in life. It is not press somewhere there'll be a crisis. And the question is how are you going to respond? You can't hide from it, but you will have to decide how you're going to process it. A lady in our church came to me maybe a couple of months ago. I said, Pastor, can I speak to you after the service? I said, of course. She's been in our church since she was a little girl. She's involved in with the kids. She has two children. I spoke to her after the service, and she said, Pastor. And she named her husband, who had backslidden a number of years ago. She said he came home from work, and he said, I don't love you anymore. I'm moving out. I'm moving in with a coworker, a female. Tears running down her face. What do you do right there? Now it's not someone else you're praying for. It's you. Trouble has the ability to find you. And again, possibly get your attention like nothing else. These are good church people in this Bible story. They had relationship with Jesus, and yet trouble has found them. It's interesting. When I went to visit my cousin, and he's passed away. It was just a couple of weeks ago. He passed away a couple of days after I left, and his whole house was affected. His wife said, Joe, I'm exhausted. And I could see it in her face and in her countenance. She said, I can't leave him for a minute. He's so sick. I could feel the depression in the home. The house was dark. I could feel the weariness. The sun was there. I could see hopelessness in his face. Desperation in his eyes. The whole family was affected. The doctors had said he could go at any time. Again, who do you turn to? How do you conduct yourself? Right here tells me who you really are. Not who you say you are necessarily. Not who you project you are when you're at church but who you really are. How you respond as a Christian, as a man and a woman. Now it's not about your title. It's not about a position at church. It's about who you really are. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had someone sin sick in your house? The Bible says Lazarus was sick, and verse 14, Lazarus was dead. Sin sick people in the house. They begin to act all weird. They begin to do strange things. They don't want to go to church like they used to. And even when they do go, they don't praise God. They sit there and they're critical about everything and everyone. Now they're cynical about what they once loved because they're sick. Now they complain about tithing they used to love to give. How many ever partied? Let me see your hand. Did you ever go to the club and say 10%? 10% and I'm out of here. Come on, shame on you. Shame on you. How dare you? I mean, you you went to the man, and you came away with an empty pocket and bragged about it, spent your baby's milk money and bragged about it, and you come to church, all they want is my money. Shame on you. You go to Walmart, they want your money, but you don't stop going. (laughs) Connie and I got saved a long time ago. We've been saved a long time. 1971, I got saved. She got saved in 1970. By the way, we just had our 60th wedding anniversary. It, uh, Pastor Tory uh, spoke at it. They had, we had a ceremony. Stacy conducted the ceremony in San Diego. That's where we met. And we had it on the beach. And Tory made a statement. I didn't know that he said only 1% make it 60 years. Shoot, that made me feel elite. <laughs> We got saved. We didn't have a clue about church or money or anything else. We didn't envelopes. You know, we, that was before all the phone money and text money and email money. I mean, it's unending today, but put it right here, you know. I mean, remember the old movie 666, put it right here. You know, I'm messing with you. <laughs> but anyway, it, uh, uh, I remember uh, Connie, I said, what are they doing? I don't know. They got these envelopes and they put money in it and throw it in the plate. I said, wow. That's interesting. I have a clue. But I remember we wanted to give. I mean, I remember Connie and I talking, we're at least going to give God as much as we gave the devil. That's good doctrine. Question. It's when someone is sin sick in your house. Their language now. Begins to change. Old attitudes. They had dominion over. Now begin to resurrect. And when you confront them. They get angry with you. Where were you? And they act like they're insulted. Sin. Makes you sick. And it's wages are death. Now they begin to throw their mess up on you. Let me ask you, are you sin sick this evening? Is there someone sin sick in your house? They change. They get all crazy. Now they're rebellious. Now all they want to do is argue. Now they talk about people in church that they once loved. Everything now is negative. It's interesting in our text, the problem waited until Jesus was gone. He was not in the house. He had been there in the past, but now he's absent. You see, the demonic will make its move when you've drifted You're not as passionate. You're not as on fire. He's not as present as he used to be. And then the demonic, he waits for this moment of isolation. You're spiritually down. You're struggling. Your soul is weak. You've drifted. The fire's gone out. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Does Jesus stay at your house? Is He welcome in your conversation at home? Is He comfortable sitting in your home? With the music you blast, would He be there listening? The things you watch, would He be there? Is there any prayer in your house? how you speak at home. See, the demonic came to their house when Jesus was absent. How much presence of God is in your home? Or we could talk about the house of God for a moment. A lot of trouble could be avoided if we would just take time to have Jesus' presence in our house. Family, listen listen to me. I've, I've got great grandchildren. Your kids, especially when they're small, they love it when you lay hands on them at night at bedtime and pray for them. They love it. Listen, you're training them for at being a parent, you're not their friend, you're their parent. And if you don't discipline them, the court system will. That means you got to make hard choices, but you love them and pray for them. Let me ask you: Does Jesus reside at your house? Is he welcome there? Is the atmosphere and the climate of your house conducive for his presence? Do you sing courses? When you're in your house, ladies, when you're at home, men, when you're, do you ever just sing, or is church the only time? And so here he's not there, he's absent. And now sickness has crept into the home. We don't know how long Lazarus has been sick, but we do know they're sending. For Jesus because he's absent. I ask you again, would Jesus watch what you watch? Right here in the text, it's interesting, the story stops and gives Mary's history, her background. It gives an account of her past relationship. With Jesus. This so amazes me. Verse number two. It was that Mary. Who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil. Wiped his feet with her hair. Whose brother Lazarus was sick. It was that Mary. The one that broke the expensive box of oil. Weeping and washing his feet. It was that Mary. What does he say about you? It was that one. The one who loves Jesus so much. It makes all the lukewarm saints uncomfortable. It's that one that sat at his feet and listened to every word. The one who Martha, Martha was scolding her. Tell her Jesus. And he said, no, no, she's chose the best part. It's that one who never missed church. It's that one that was on outreach when she wasn't feeling well. It was that single mother with all those kids working a job and still ready to serve in nursery. Makes you Uncomfortable. You know that one. She makes all those that have excuses feel terrible. That one. That her giving makes all the covetous folks want to hide. Are you that one? What does he say? This tells me he keeps a record She has a history. It's not now all of a sudden she comes out of nowhere and and sends a message, we need you. What's your history with Christ? This is life and death many times when the crisis hits. Because you have a history. You've worshipped. You've served. You've labored. He knows you and you know Him now when you sin for Him. You know why a lot of people crash and burn? Because the only time they call in... How how many were ever locked up? You don't have to raise your hand. I I remember praying. I was locked up. I prayed. He didn't know me and I didn't know him. I don't know how... I got out and went right back to it. Same old sin. (laughs) Call it jailhouse religion. What's your history? Would he write right here in your story? But he said, you know the one. He never misses church. You know the one. He's always always available. He's to serve. It's that Bill, it's that Jose, it's that Lucy, it's that Martha, it's that Mary. Mary knew who to sin for when someone was sick in the house. The question is, do you? Your marriage is sick tonight. Your heart's broken. Your life's out of control. Your teenager that you love is it now all of a sudden they're out there and you're desperate. Do you know who to send for? Oh, I thank God for you, but I got to get to Jesus. I got to get in the prayer room. When I was visiting my cousin, family before I left they said Joe, Joe please pray for us right now. They wanted someone that they knew had a relationship with Jesus. I don't have time to talk about the NBA playoffs. I've got somebody sick in my house. I got to get to Jesus. my daughter's not well doesn't look good I need to be in prayer without resurrection people will not survive think about this Lazarus is not able to pray for himself you know people you rub shoulders with people they're not able to pray for themselves they're too sick Sometimes it's sin sickness. Caught in addictions. Caught in family curses. Snared and trapped. Their spirit and their soul is taken hit after hit. Who are you praying for? are you touching God for in your family in your school place of employment your neighborhood they're sick and they don't know how to get to him says where is he Jesus shows up says where is he Mary knew he said, I am the resurrection and the life. She knew where to find hope. But then the words, verse 39, Lord, he's been in the tomb four days. He stinks. He's a mess. How many, don't raise your hand. Your marriage stinks. Listen. Listen sometimes you'll find yourself in the stink chapter of life and Lazarus is a good man but he stinks they come to church and if we're not careful the stench of their problem their bondage The odor, the spiritual odor it puts off, puts us off. Lord, if you'd have been here, but you weren't here, and now he stinks. Oh, if you'd have moved six months ago, there was hope, but... We put him in a tomb. You know, when people can't deal with you anymore, they put you away. And not all I'm not talking about physically here. they'll put you away though. They'll begin to isolate from you. They begin to build a wall between you and them. Because they can't handle you anymore. Do you really believe in resurrection? Do you believe that, listen, listen to me, congregation, it's how churches grow. Churches grow when there is faith in resurrection? That's how when people walk through the door and you look at them and they're messed up. We we got a family. I mean, he's got a beard like this. And they got powerfully saved. And he's got water baptized. Him and his wife, I mean, on fire for God. Their son, he's sitting on the front row. He's a teenager. And he's telling his his mother, His mother told him Listen, don't don't ever go to that church. And all just fall and so he made up his mind. He's a bit older now, and he's probably up in his thirties, and he said, I'll never go to that church, talking about our church, the door church. I'll never go there. My mother, all she ever had to say was bad things about that church. But here he is powerfully saved, set free, liberated, on fire for God. Bring His son's bringing all kind of people. His wife, her family's coming. Do you believe for that? See, resurrection is not just about Easter once a year. It has to be a part of your testimony. Has to be a part of your witness. Has to be a part of your prayers. When you worship tonight, was it a part of your worship? Uh, because, listen, without it, people Pass. Without it, people will not survive because you carry the revelation of re- re- resurrection. Someone's sick at you. Maybe you're here tonight. You know, you can come to church, but you're sick. You got issues. I'm not necessarily talking physical now, but you got issues that are sick. You got a mind that's—it's got some issues. You got a mouth, a sick mouth. Just things come out of it. And you oh, why did I? Emotions, your relationships, anemic. Somewhere you got to believe God that He's able to take people who seemingly are hopeless, have no destiny, no future. He's able to touch them. And such were some of you, as Paul said, and raised you up for the glory of his name. I ask you to bow your head with me this evening. You're here tonight and you're not right with God. Before we do anything else, you're not saved. You're not born again. That's the problem. That's the issue. You're not living for God. Sin, sin will make you sick and eventually take your life. The wages of sin is death. You're here tonight, there is only one cure for sin. Only one cure. It's forgiveness, it's repentance, Jesus, it's me, I'm sorry. I have sinned against God. I've been rebellious, I've done things wrong, and I'm here tonight by His grace and mercy. But somewhere you gotta pray a prayer. You can be raised in church and be sick. You gotta give your life to Jesus. You're here tonight. I wonder while heads are bowed. You'd say, Pastor Campbell, that's me. Pastor Renee, that's me. I'm not right with God. I'm not right with God, I'm unsaved, I'm lost, I'm not living for God. I got secret sin. I got sickness and I try to hide it, but it's affecting me. I need to repent tonight. You lift your hand, just lift it up right now. That's me, Pastor. Here's my hand. That's me. I need to be forgiven. I need Jesus tonight. I'm not saved. I see your hand. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Who else tonight? You'd lift your hand. That's me. Who else? Backslider, you'd lift your hand. That's me. That's me. That's me. Anyone else? Anyone else? You'd join this man. I want you to come and find a place to pray. rest of you, I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me. We don't have a lot of room here, but I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet with me. You're here tonight things are broken there's pain in your house there's trouble in your house crisis has found your address could be in your marriage it could be someone you love or care about could be financial could be physical could be spiritual spiritual But we don't have room for everyone to kneel. But if that's you, I just want you to come out and stand. I want you to just come out and stand, if you would. If you just come out of your seat and stand up here, wherever you can. Maybe you could come out of the aisles a bit. I want to pray for you. I want to believe God for you. If that's you, you need prayer, I want you to come. I want you to come. Amen. If you just come, amen. I know we're kind of trapped in here, but that's okay. God is a God of miracles. God is a God of miracles. Let's begin to pray and call on God. Father by the blood. Oh Rama shevoremoshala Shikaya. Oh God, shevoramama sham dalalavaremoshikaya. Oh God, we praise your name, O oh Lord. Oh Rama Shambala, lava Reboshika, Reboreboshalaya. Oh God, dechebo Rama Shambha, Spirit of God, come down in this place. Oh Spirit of God, come down in this place, I pray. Oh God, dechebo Rama Shambala, lava Reboshika. Oh lamb of God, sham dalalava rebo Oh God is cheboramma Spirit of God in this place Wonder how many here your heads bowed You say pastor it's me I need prayer I'm not well you just lift your hand just lift your hand. Just lift it up. Lift it up. Yes, I see these hands. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Issue, sin, sickness. I see these hands. God bless you. Thank you. Yes, God bless you. Thank you. I want to believe God for you tonight. you got to have a relationship with Him. But I believe I can pray and God can move in behalf of your life. And your issues. I've seen marriages seem like a nightmare. And today, Kayla here, mom and dad, James and Christine, went to on the cruise with us. Martinez, I remember when they first got married. Sheesh. Today they got 38, I think 39 grandchildren. I love Mexican people. They know how to be fruitful and multiply. They were on this cruise with us, great friend. But I remember the early days. She had everything in a grocery cart. I'm out of here, pastor. He's crazy. Today's a pastor. Pastor's a great church, 200 people. Miracles. Resurrection Tower. God's no respecter wherever He finds faith wherever He finds hearts that'll believe Him He'll make dead things live that's what happened made a dead man live with one word Lazarus come forth and all of the sickness all of the stench was broken that's not just Easter that needs to be every service, every week. That needs to live in your life. All of those of you who raised your hand, I want to believe God for you. Let's begin to pray, church. I want you to pray with me. I want you to say in the name of Jesus, I cast down demonic assaults, demonic strategies that would attack my house. And I call on the name of Jesus Christ. The one who rose from the grave defeated death, hell, and the grave. Ever at the right hand of the Father, Jesus, resurrect my life, resurrect my spirit. Loose in the name of Jesus, pour out your spirit, O God. Oh Ramashanda, break every curse. I pray. Oh Ramashanda, rebo Shanda. Be free in Jesus' name. Oh, Rama Shamdalalava Reboshamdaya. God, pour out your spirit, oh God. Oh, God, fill this place. Spirit of God, fill this place. Oh, Rama Sheva Rebosheva Oh, God, you give a Reboshikaya. You're here tonight, you're sick in body. I was just in Jacksonville, Florida and prayed a mass prayer at a rally. This woman, she's a pastor's wife, her mother come to me the next night. I got a photograph of her. She came to me. said, Pastor, a little over a year ago, I was in a horrible accident. I've had four major operations. I came last night on crutches. Constant pain. She said, tonight I went home. She said, last night, I took no medication today. I left my crutches at home. I'm totally healed. And all week long, I saw this woman walking around. you're here and you need healing in your body, you'd lift your hand. You'd lift your hand. You got pain. You got doctor's reports. Listen, he's the great physician. He's the great physician. He heals people. Just like this woman, a year and a half, she's had four major surgeries, she said, on crutches. And one night in God's presence... Crutches was gone. Medication was gone. She's walking around normal without any pain. God can touch you, dear. He breaks curses. He heals. I've seen people healed of everything imaginable. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. Our old pulpit, some of you may remember back in the day in chandler I had canes hanging across that pulpit of people who came in with canes and left them. Just about a week ago, this family came down from New Mexico. I hadn't seen them in a number of years. And they ran for me. And they came to be prayed for. Her husband, back when Pastor Ortiz was on staff with me. Her husband, I prayed for healing one night. And he was here. They're from New Mexico. And he'd had a stroke. Couldn't speak. Drug his leg and his arm. He come to the altar and when he tried to kneel down, God, poof, And his arm shot out. That's been like 20 years ago. And they and his wife was there. Their son was there with them. Of course, he's a grown man. They're older now. And for 20 years, he's not had one problem. That stroke was completely removed. Speaks properly. Worships God. And she. She came for prayer because she'd been diagnosed with some issues. She came for prayer. Listen, he heals. He heals. I want you to believe God. If you need healing, I want you to lift your hand. Lift your hand again. I want you, if someone around you, ladies with ladies, uh, I want you to lay hands. This man over here, over here, some of them, I want you to turn. Especially pastors, I want you to pray for somebody. This lady here, I want you to believe God. I want you to say in the name of Jesus, I cast out every spirit of infirmity. The blood of Jesus heals me. The blood of Jesus breaks every generational curse. I cast out cancer. I come against pain, diabetes, arthritis. I speak to livers and kidneys. In Jesus' name, by the power that raised him from the dead, I walk away free. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Would you give him praise? (laughs) Oh, God, I praise you for healing me, Lord. Jesus, I praise Your name. I want you. I want you to test yourself. If there was something you couldn't do, I want you. If you couldn't move your arm, move it. If there was pain, I want you to test yourself about pain. Right now, I want you to test. If, if you're able to see, if there's any change, if you're healed, if there's some things you can test them. Maybe you, you know, some of you, you know, injury. God heals injuries. Try to move yourself. Faith without works is dead. Most people are healed as they act. As they act. Jesus said, with a man with a withered hand, stretch forth your hand. He didn't ask him to jump. Because he knew he could jump. He asked him. He focused his faith on the arena that needed the miracle. You're here and there's any change. Just lift your hand. I want to get a word from you. Anyone at all. Yes, what happened? Sprained your leg. Move it, move it, move it. Total pain's gone? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Anyone else? Yes. Pain's gone. Where was it? In your side, how long? Sciatic nerve is what you're saying? Yeah. Bend over. Bend over. No pain, huh? Nothing gone. Would you praise God? Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. What happened? Knee pain is gone. And wrist, you're moving your wrist. Same, huh? What happened to you? How come? You punched somebody? No, no. (laughs) No pain. No pain. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anyone Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you for coming tonight. I encourage you to join us tomorrow night. Thank you, Pastor, if you'd come. Amen. God bless you. Thank you.